Today, we're going to the other side. The other side of the forearm, that is. Let's say you went to the gym today and you threw some weight around or you swung a kettlebell. Or you worked in the yard over the weekend and you were using tools of various types as you gripped those tools and dug and carved your way to a new landscape in the backyard. Well, you got to let go of those objects, whether it be weights or tools, and you can move your wrist and fingers in even more ways as enabled by the posterior forearm muscles. So here we go, episode 59. Hello there, and welcome to episode 59. Hope you are having a solid day wherever you are right now. And we are rocking out the summer of muscles on the Anatomy on the Go podcast. And today is another installment in this summer of muscles. And we've got short nuggets of info in each podcast and a chance to practice a little bit with the Fast Five at the end of the podcast. Now, if you're new to the podcast, make sure to go to my website, uh, anatomyonthego.com and sign up there and you'll receive in your inbox uh, my free ebook, Preparing to Ace Anatomy. Now to start, remember that uh, last week in the previous episode, we talked about the common origin of the anterior form muscles being the medial epicondyle. Now for the muscles that we'll talk about today in the posterior forearm, uh, five of them that is, the common origin is the lateral epicondyle but then they actually insert on different aspects of the wrist and hand. The deeper muscles, which we'll see soon, have different origins than these five in the superficial part of the uh, posterior forearm. Now, for the anterior forearm, we were talking about flexors and pronators of both the wrist and digits, also abductors and adductors of the wrist. Now, today we are talking about extensors of the wrist and digits, as well as a supinator. We'll also talk about a shared action between the anterior and posterior forearm, and that is wrist abduction and wrist adduction. So let's start with some muscles in the superficial part of the posterior forearm. And these muscles are extensors. They're moving the wrist and attaching uh, just distal to the wrist. And they're on either the radial side or they're on the ulnar side. So extensor carpi radialis longus. We also have an extensor carpi radialis brevis. But let's start with the longus. So the extensor carpi radialis longus. The origin, the initial attachment, is at the lateral epicondyle. And then what it's going to do, it's going to insert at the base of metacarpal 2. So that associated with the index finger. And when this muscle contracts, it's going to extend the wrist because it's crossing the wrist and also abduct the hand. So remember that this shared action, we have a shared action here with the flexor carpi radialis. In this case, the extensor carpi radialis longus is extending the wrist, but it's also abducting the wrist, taking the wrist away from midline, away from the body. Now, the extensor carpi radialis brevis is shorter and it's thicker than extensor carpi radialis longus. It's going to insert at the base of metacarpal 3. So this is the metacarpal associated with uh, the middle finger. It's going to extend the wrist and abduct the hand. Now comparing the two, you're going to find the extensor carpi radialis brevis more medially 
toward the midline of the posterior forearm. So actually, if you're using uh, kind of the lateral forearm as, as a guide, the, the muscle that you're going to find most laterally that's actually crossing above the elbow is the brachioradialis. And then the next one in line as you move toward uh, the middle part of the posterior forearm is an extensor carpi radialis longus and then extensor carpi radialis brevis. Now, extensor digitorum, it's telling you it's extending the digits. The name tells you that. It inserts on the distal and middle phalanges of digits 2 through 5. So in this case, we're excluding the thumb. We have dedicated muscles for the thumb. Now, to be even more specific here, this muscle is inserting into something called the extensor expansion. You can visualize this almost like a, a thin glove. It's a band of connective tissue that receives the tendons uh, of this muscle extensor digitorum. When this muscle contracts, when it, when it pulls on the digits, it's going to extend the wrist because it crosses the wrist. It's also going to extend the metacarpal phalangeal joint of digits 2 through 5, so that's MP, the proximal interphalangeal joint, PIP, and also the distal interphalangeal joint, the DIP. So extension of the wrist and extension of MP, PIP, and DIP joints here. Now we have the extensor digiti minimi. This is going to, this is dedicated to the, the pinky. When you see minimi or minimis, that's referring to the, the small digit here. It's going to insert on the proximal phalanx of digit 5 at the extensor expansion for that digit. And it's going to extend the MP and PIP joints of digit 5. There's so many interesting things in anatomy, but I find this particular muscle sort of fascinating. It allows you to extend only your pinky finger without extending all the, all the other digits, of course, so you can maintain a partial grip. Now, you can also look very, very cool when you're sipping coffee or tea or a glass of wine. You stick that, that pinky up in the air and you just look incredibly cool. Or maybe I'm the only one who's trying to do this, um, along with the dad jokes that I tell in my house. Um, I keep them coming, and I feel like there's a lot of fake laughter coming my way as well, but I'm, I'm just going to keep it rolling. But be that as it may, let's head back to the action of this muscle. But there is the ability with this partial grip and the extension of the pinky. Uh, it's, it's useful, right? You can maintain uh, holding a particular object like a box, and then you can bend down and just reach over to the table nearby and swoop your keys up with your pinky. You can pass through a patio door. Uh, with some sort of piece of furniture, and then on the way out, you're, you're closing the door behind you with your pinky. Um, so it does come in handy, right? The extensor indices is another muscle that allows you to simply extend one digit, but then we'll also, of course, talk about the muscles dedicated to the thumb and how they play a role in this too. Lastly here, the muscles that have the origin as the lateral epicondyle is the extensor carpi ulnaris. This muscle inserts at the base of metacarpal 5, uh, that metacarpal associated with the pinky, the fifth digit. When, it muscle, when this muscle contracts, it's going to extend the wrist and adduct the hand. Take the hand back toward midline. So let's talk about the posterior deep muscles now. Here we'll find a helpful way to orient yourself to these muscles called the anatomic snuff box. We'll get to that here in a minute. Now the muscles that we'll talk about now come in handy as grip modifiers. Along with the thenar eminence, these muscles help you modify grips. Pull away to release your grip or accommodate a larger object. I like to think of these muscles as being the thumb war muscles. So let's talk about these. We have three muscles that we'll chat about here. 
abductor pollicis longus, extensor pollicis brevis, and extensor pollicis longus. First, let's talk about abductor pollicis longus. The origin, the initial attachment of this muscle, is the dorsal surface of the proximal radius and ulna, as well as the interosseous membrane. Then this muscle inserts on the first metacarpal, the lateral edge of the first metacarpal, and when it, it contracts, as part of a thumb or you could think of it that way, it's going to abduct the thumb and extend the wrist. The second action is going to be a weak action compared with the other muscles that are responsible for extension of the wrist. So abduction of the thumb is the primary action of this muscle. Extensor pollicis brevis, the origin is the posterior surface of the radius in the interosseous membrane, is going to insert on the proximal phalanx of the thumb. Now remember that the thumb actually only has two phalanges, proximal and distal. Its action is going to be to extend the MP joint of the thumb, as well as also weakly extending the, the uh, wrist. Extensor pollicis longus, then, the origin is the posterior surface of the ulna and the interosseous membrane, the membrane between the radius and the ulna. It's going to insert on the distal phalanx of the thumb, and it's going to extend the MP and IP joints of the thumb, as well as also weakly extend the wrist. Now, why are these muscles weak extensors? Well, they are because they don't have a clear straight shot across the wrist like some of the other muscles do, like extensor carpi radialis longus and brevis, extensor carpi ulnaris. And for a muscle like extensor pollicis longus, there's actually a bend in the road for the muscle. It actually takes a turn toward the thumb, and the other muscles are on the lateral part of the, the forearm. So primary action at the thumb, secondary weaker action is extension. Now let's talk about the snuff box and how you can actually see the anatomic snuff box. So to be able to see this, makes a th make a thumbs up, and let's go ahead and go with your left hand. Now while you're making a thumbs up, do you see that little depression just past your wrist? So if you kind of follow your thumb down to right near the wrist. That's the snuff box, and it's almost like a little container situated between these tendons. Now, the tendon that's closest to the middle of your hand in this position, that is the dorsal hand, is the, the extensor pollicis longus. Now, go to the other side of that snuff box, the little container, toward the meat of your thumb, and you will find the extensor pollicis brevis. Right next to that tendon is the tendon of the abductor pollicis longus. So, this is toward the palm of your hand. Now, you can make yourself a little mnemonic device from dorsal to palmar. You could do something like LBA, and that would stand for extensor pollicis longus, extensor pollicis brevis, and then abductor pollicis longus, so LBA. Now, of course, do whatever works for you in this regard, but if you're taking a look at the cadaver or a laboratory model, you'll notice that the extensor pollicis longus has a straight line for a little while, and then it's actually going to take a turn toward the thumb. So it's taking the long way to the thumb as opposed to the straight way. So that's a way you could just remember longus, and then once you have that, you have the, the brevis and the abductor pollicis longus um, on the other side of the snuff box. Now let's chat about two more muscles before we get to the fast five for today. Uh, extensor indices. This muscle tells you it's extending the index finger. So the origin for this muscle, posterior surface of the ulna, interosseous membrane, compared with some of those muscles we just chatted about, inserts on the tendon of the extensor digitorum. It's going to extend the MP, the pip, and the dip, a digit two. And it's a weak extensor, so secondary action is uh, wrist extension. 
This muscle also fascinates me in, in different ways. If we go back to the extensor digiti minimi, uh, we have a thenar eminence for the thumb side of things, and we, and we have a hypothenar eminence for the pinky side of things. Now, this one, uh, this muscle enables us to hold a grip, uh, to grip something, and also maybe to point at something while we're also gripping. So that comes in handy. Let's just say you're moving into a new house and you have to move a bunch of stuff into a, a rented truck. And maybe you have some friends come and help you. So you're gripping something. You're gripping like a box. And you can say, you can point at your friend Dave and say, hey, Dave, can you get that box and come with me now to the truck or something like that? It's just kind of nice for these other muscles that we have allow you to maintain your grip, but then also do something with that other digit. I find that kind of fun, kind of, kind of fascinating that our body has that utility. Last muscle for the day is the supinator. It's uh, two attachments here. The origin is the lateral epicondyle of the humerus and uh, also the ulna. And then it's going to insert on the anterior radius just past the radial tuberosity. And its action, it just tells you what it's doing. It's supination of the forearm. So taking the thumb uh, back, uh, kind of rolling it around the radius, so then your palm is facing up, right? All right, it's time in the podcast for the Fast Five. Let's do five short questions to help you practice this information. So here's the first question. What is the common origin for five of these posterior forearm muscles? And so if you said lateral epicondyle, that's correct. That's the distal part of the humerus on the lateral side of the humerus. Which muscle inserts on the extensor expansion? So the correct answer for that is the extensor digitorum. Which muscle that we discussed today is an abductor of the wrist. Now, if you paused on that, wait a second, Professor, did you say which muscle? I think you mean which muscles. And if you thought about that and said that in your head, you would be correct. The two muscles are extensor carpi radialis longus and extensor carpi radialis brevis. Now, true or false? The extensor digiti minimi attaches to the fifth metacarpal. That would be false. It attaches to the proximal phalanx of digit five. True or false? Abductor pollicis brevis is the most palmar of the tendons associated with the anatomic snuff box. So that would be false. Abductor pollicis longus. So that one was close. Well, thanks for listening to today's episode, episode 59. Hope it's been helpful. Stay in touch if you like. If you have any feedback on these episodes, you can email me at seth at anatomyonthego.com. All the best in whatever you're up to this week. And until we meet again in the next episode, all the very best. Good luck with your studying. And I'll see you later. <laughs>